Hey everybody, TLC is back again, but before we start our episode today, I just wanted to mention that I now officially have a Twitter page. If you'd like to, please follow me at WeNeedTLC. If you'd like to be bombarded by facts, destruction of leftist arguments, and an unhealthy amount of memes. And if you don't have Twitter, you can still reach me at WeNeedTLC at gmail.com. That's WeNeedTLC at gmail.com, all lowercase. But if you do have Twitter, please follow me and join me in my new campaign. Post every day until Ben Shapiro notices and hires me. Anyway, on with the actual episode now. So, today's episode is going to be maybe a little different from the other episodes that have been, um, that I've been doing so far. So, I did put in the, like, about me section for the show, like the general overview, that I would be talking about issues and putting them with a Christian perspective. And I feel like I've been generally uh, consistent with that. Maybe not as consistent as some people have hoped I would be. Maybe more consistent than some people hoped I would be. But I wanted to just do kind of a general overview of Christianity this time a little bit. So, as always, let's get right into it. Now, what most of you probably assumed previous to seeing this is that I was a Catholic. Obviously, based on the episode title, I'm not Catholic, as you can probably tell. I am indeed a Protestant Christian. I have nothing against Catholics, though, don't worry. I've been to Catholic school for a large portion of my life, ever since fifth grade. And a good amount of my friends are indeed Catholic. Honestly, through my lived experience, it's been more the other way around, where Catholics tend to attack Protestants more often than Protestants attack Catholics. Not to say that all Catholics do that, because it sounds like really... That sounds kind of bad, because it's like, yeah, oh, Catholics are attacking the poor little Protestants. Not like that. I'm just saying, like, generally speaking, Catholics tend to hit on Protestants more than Protestants hit on Catholics, at least as what I've seen. Like, I mean, you feel free to correct me if there's a, like, serious issue there. But from what I have seen in my personal experiences, it seems to be more that way. Either way, I am indeed one of those nasty Christian nationalists. And that's something that's apparently very offensive in our society today. Like, I never understood why the term Christian nationalist is offensive. Because, I mean, a Christian is a Christian, someone who believes that Jesus Christ is God. And, okay, okay, that's a religion. Cool. We have freedom of religion in this country. You can be whatever religion you want. You can worship the spaghetti monster. Uh, I mean, and then nationalist. A nationalist is someone who believes that their nation, well, not that believes their nation, but a nationalist is someone who has extreme pride in their nation. So, why is that a bad thing when put together? To be fair, a lot of people act like they're bad things separately, too. But, like, like Christianity is very, um, especially in America, very disproportionately attacked and hated on. And for that reason, a lot of people are afraid to talk about their religion, especially the Christians. Or they just don't care enough about their religion to talk about or participate in it seriously. You know what, now that I think about it, it's probably more of the second option than it is the first option. But, still, there are people who do really care about their religion, care about Jesus, 
want to like you know be openly christian but they're like oh no my friends are gonna make fun of me like don't be like that guys i i mean i know how it feels to an extent and i even come from a catholic school i felt that urge to want to express myself and my faith more openly but then being kind of knocked down by the just overall people around me everyone's just kind of like oh yeah church is for church and then outside of that it doesn't matter kind of attitude that is very prevalent in society today and i think is actually not a good thing to be prevalent obviously i'm not saying that you should like drop everything else only talk about religion religion is all that matters like i'm not saying that i'm just saying that people should not be afraid to talk about religion for fear of oh i'm not cool anymore because i like jesus like that's not dumb like it's not a dumb way to feel but it shouldn't be a way that people feel in a country that was literally founded by protestants i'm just saying that you should when the time arises be confident and be willing to speak about your religion speak on your religion speak from things with a religious perspective like use religion in your life like don't treat it like it's just on sunday i talk about god for an hour and then i go back to just doing whatever with the rest of my life that's how it's supposed to be it's supposed to just be like a part of your everyday life it's not supposed to take over your everyday life and like be this thing where like i must be praying at all seconds of the day or i'm gonna go to hell it's not like that the idea is that it's supposed to be something that you just do in everyday life praying is praying specifically it's supposed to be something that you just do every day at some point and whenever you feel like it that's the thing it's like people treat praying like it's such a um What's the word? Like, it's not a formal process. Obviously, you can pray formally. You can use um, pre-made prayers, our, the Our Father given to us by Jesus. But you don't have to do that like that every single time. You don't have to go kneel down in front of a crucifix or in go to a church, sit in a pew, kneel, sign of the cross, then pray. Like, it's not like that. Prayer is just communication with God. And God wants us to communicate with him constantly. Therefore, praying is just us talking, but to God. So we can do that. We can do that in the silence of our hearts. We can do it out loud if we'd like to. I wouldn't recommend going around outside randomly screaming things into the air because people will most likely think you're insane. But if you'd like to just speak to God whenever in the private, in the well, not privateness, privacy of your heart, if you'd like to just you know say a little prayer to Him before you do some kind of large event, I pray before tests, just silently to myself. It doesn't require much out of you. It's just asking for help, asking for assistance. Same way you'd ask a teacher for assistance on some kind of assignment. Same way you'd ask your parents for assistance on something it's it's like that it's just a voluntary motion something that you you just do because you need it because you desire it and obviously you'll get the people who make fun of you for praying or say things to you about praying but you can't like you can't you know i shouldn't you shouldn't um how do i say it you shouldn't take what those people say to heart because if someone is making fun of you for praying then they're lacking something 
that God hasn't given to them yet or that God has tried to give to them yet, but they haven't gotten yet. Because someone who makes fun of another person praying, they're probably not doing great themselves or they're just an absolute jerk. Either one, there's nothing you can really do about that. So if people are going to harass you for praying, that's just a sign that you are doing something right. Because when we are when we face strife and when we face persecution, as Jesus says and as it said in the Bible, even though like a random bully maybe is not persecution, but for a kid that might be the equivalent of persecution. That we at that point we are in solidarity with Jesus when he himself was being persecuted by the Pharisees and the Roman officials for preaching the word of God. So really, those are the best moments. And we should feel we should feel pity for the people who have not found Jesus yet or have not found God yet, because not not having God living without that is a horrible way to live. Atheism is a terrible, terrible way to live. It leads to destructive nihilism. Because there's no belief in the afterlife. No belief in anything that you do matters. Because what is it? We all started from Amoeba and now we and then we just we just shut down and die at one point randomly. Cool. Like what the heck is the point of living? If you live with that lifestyle and you refuse to believe in any kind of God, any kind of afterlife, then there's no reason to live because you aren't living for anything you're just living and then one day you'll die what is the point of that that's why they're like atheists have a fear of death because they think death is final death is the end then you're just dead and you just don't exist anymore like try to try to wrap your head around that try to wrap your head around non-existence how a being can exist how something as complicated as the human psyche can exist and then all of a sudden just gone. Like, it doesn't make any sense. And that's because it's not true. There is a life after death. We continue to exist because there's no way something as complicated as the human psyche can just die and be gone forever. We have an immortal soul which exists, which no, exists and persists after our mortal death, after our body is decayed and gone. And then that soul is what is judged in heaven. And that's why true Christians aren't afraid of death. Because we know that if we've lived our lives in the service of Jesus, if we've lived virtuous, good lives, or at least tried our best to because nobody is perfect... Therefore, nobody's going to live a perfect life, but we try our best to live good lives. And if we do that and ask for forgiveness when we sin and truly seek repentance and truly seek God, then we have no reason to be afraid of death. Because when we die, we will go to God and we will be accepted into heaven. So when God sees fit for our lives here to end, then that's that. We have to be accepting of it, but we know that if we, since we have lived our lives in a good and a virtuous way, then we will be rewarded in heaven because Jesus died for our sins. 
So even if there's no one on this earth that loves you or cares for you, if you are a person who you feel you are completely alone, then you can be happy because you know that Jesus cares for you enough to die for you in the most painful way humanly possible at that point. Crucifixion, which is a slow and painful and gruesome process that I probably can't describe on this platform without getting demonetized. But still, that's kind of besides the point. That promise, the promise that Jesus died for us, God sent his only son to die for our sins, that promise is how I can keep going. It's one of the things that pushes me forward because I know that Jesus died for my sins. So no matter how many times I screw up, I can always go fall back on that promise. I can always fall back on the fact that, hey, Jesus died for me. God sent his son for me. I have to keep going so that I can fulfill that promise. I can make myself worthy of that promise. And I know I will never fully do it because no one will ever fully make ourselves worthy of that promise, worthy of Jesus' sacrifice. But we can all strive for that. We can all do our best to live that life that God wants for us. And then that's what will make us happy. And that's why Christianity is the greatest religion in the world. And maybe that's like a little bit silly. Maybe that's biased a little bit. But I trust God and I trust in his word. And that's why I'm not afraid of anything. Except clowns. And feminists. But those are kind of the same thing. Anyway. Back to something I said before. You guys are probably surprised I'm not Catholic because the whole, like, you know, Latino thing. And I have got that a lot. People are usually surprised that I'm, in fact, not Catholic. And I don't blame you either. I never really knew how messed up some Protestant churches were. Like, yeah, some of them aren't great. And I, 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 I see. And also, like, I never realized how much... Catholics were kind of the, I feel, I guess, more dominant religion overall, like the most dominant form of Christianity and like the most devout Christians do tend to be Catholic, which is why I do like, I do respect Catholics a lot. I think the Catholics are great. Like I have nothing against Catholics in general at all. The main thing is that I feel like the argument against pro like one of the big Catholic arguments against Protestantism is that Protestants have like a less traditional form of worship. And I feel like that's true. While that's true overall, the cases they point out tend to be like the fringe cases, like the one priest who will like support LGBTQ plus ABC and the other priest who will support, like, abortion and crap, and it's, like, okay. But those are just fringe weirdos, and most of us are normal. In fact, it's a... Uh, let me find the exact numbers. Give me one moment. Uh, okay, here we go. 
while let me get to find this uh, 39% of Catholics believe that um, abortion should be illegal with 9% believing it should be illegal in all cases 50% of Protestants believe that it should be illegal with 13% believing of them believing it should be illegal in all cases so I don't know if you guys should be smearing like the entire Protestant church because of like a few weird guys while we are actually still really devout and a lot of us most of us are still really strong because the th- issue is that like using those cases like for example the pro-abortion pastor as a thing of like oh yeah look at protestants this is what happens when you go away from the pope and stuff that's like then you could turn around and use the argument of oh well those priests committed <laughs> sexual assault on children which is something that Catholics, happens to Catholics a lot. Like, they'll, people will always point out, oh, look at all those Catholic priests who were creepy pedophile people. And I'd be like, yeah, but that's just like a few creepy pedophile people. They just happen to also be Catholic priests. It doesn't mean that all Catholic priests are creepy pedophile people. Like, so, I, again, that's where the issue comes in. It's like you can't say that about Protestants and then not say that about Catholics. You have to either say it about both or not say it about both, and I think we should not say it about both because a few bad apples does not make the whole bunch bad. It's just a few weirdos in each group that are kind of messed up, and we have, obviously, other cases, the Baptist pedophile circle. There are a lot of creepy people. Creepy people are bad. The official teachings of all of these religions are that pedophilia is bad, abortion is bad, all of these things are bad. So we can agree on those things, and I think that we should try to come to more ecumenical conclusions like that, instead of kind of bickering about who's more evil and stuff, or who's like diverged from Jesus the most. On that note, time to tell you why Catholics have diverged from Jesus more than Protestants have. Don't worry, don't worry, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But... Since this is just kind of my general overview slash rant of why I am Protestant, I will continue on to telling you the answer to that question, why I am Protestant. I have thought of conversion before. It had, like, conversion to Catholicism. The thought has crossed my mind. I was baptized in a Reformed church. But uh, going to Catholic school for all this time since uh, fifth grade doing all of these things in Catholic schools, it's like, oh, maybe I should become Catholic. There are a few reasons why I don't. Obviously, I mean, baptism is a very sacred, very holy thing. I don't think baptism should be redone or, like, you baptize over this one. It's like, that seems really wrong to me. But I mean, you do you if you think that you really, if you really like, if you really feel strong that you want to convert to a different kind of Christian faith, by all means do it. Because I mean, in the end, we all believe the same thing. It's all that Jesus Christ is God and 
yeah, like we have the same basic tenets. It's just very little, very little, they're very little, relatively unimportant differences. So, yeah, you should go ahead. It's just for me personally, I really, I don't think that baptism should be touched. I think that's a final thing. I think it's like, because it's, I mean, baptism is the rebirth of a person as a disciple of Jesus. So to just overdo that, like, oh, cool, it's just a new initiation ceremony. Like, I feel like that really demeans it. But, I mean, if you want, if you really feel the strong urge to it, then God is probably calling you to convert to that faith. Therefore, you should do it. It's just I've never felt an urge that strongly yet where I would feel that, like, I would feel okay over, uh, overriding the baptism I've already had. Anyway, besides that, the biggest, biggest, biggest problem I've ha- I have with converting to Catholicism is the Pope. And that's that's why I'm Protestant because I don't like the Pope. It's 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 that simple, guys. It's really not that hard. I just don't like Francis. JP two was a cool guy. I don't like Pope Francis at all. And I know a lot of Catholics also share that sentiment. But like I just really don't like Pope Francis, man. Like he's really he's not great. Whoever's idea it was to make church just like a government they they I don't know why that they thought that was a good idea because it was going to become corrupt the second you were like, "Ah, yes, that's let's make this a government and put a guy in charge. Let's just put a person at the head of this institution. I'm sure it will never ever ever become corrupt." Yeah, I don't I don't know where they were going with that. Every single government institution eventually becomes corrupt. That's just how it works. This is what happens when you put people in here. This is why God's church should be led by God and not a person. Like, no human is fit to lead God's church. Of course, there have been great ones. Again, JP2, that guy was awesome. He was such a cool guy. He was, he was a very holy man, very respectable, cool guy. Still, he's a human. Really... Is he fit to lead God's church? I mean, personally, I think no, because no human is fit to do that because no human is great enough. And if JP2, who is like one of the greatest, holiest people to live, can't do it, then yeah, nobody can do it. I don't think there's anyone really fit for the role of leader of God's church. Because that role is supposed to be for Jesus. God is the only leader of his own church. The other thing I've never understood about Catholicism is why only Catholics are allowed to receive communion at Catholic churches, while everyone is allowed to receive communion at Protestant churches. Like, that part I've just really never understood. Because Jesus, when Jesus broke the bread at the Last Supper, he said that this is for everyone who believes in him so that we may live and i have met catholics and talked to catholics and i've presented this viewpoint to them and they were like oh that makes sense i agree with that i don't know why we don't let other christians take communion with us because it doesn't make sense to block other christians from communion i guess i can kind of understand other non-christians but even so 
Jesus said he came for everyone. I mean, he said he came for everyone who believed in him, but we know that he came for all people so that all people may be free from sin. So really, again, it isn't, this isn't about a hit on Catholics. This is the kind of turning into a little bit of a hit on Catholics. Again, I'm sorry about that. But like, I just really think that Jesus came for everyone. Therefore, everyone should be able to receive communion. This is... It's listen. I'm trying to make this less of a hit on Catholics and more of just my take on Christian theology, my take on Christianity, so you guys can get kind of get a sense of where I'm coming from when I say these things. When I say, "Oh, I'm talking about something from a Christian perspective," I'm saying this from Christian perspective. I want to talk about Christianity, how this relates to Christian. Like this is this is my view of Christianity. This is how I think Christianity Christianity should be. And it's a little bit of moral relativism, trying to maybe be a little picky and choosy with certain things. But I, this is just this is my interpretation of the words of the Bible. And I, I again, I have talked to other people. I've talked to Catholics, and it makes sense to them because I mean, it, some of this stuff is pr- like much of what I'm saying is pretty explicitly stated, like the communion thing that Jesus came for all people so it doesn't make sense to block communion to certain people then on top of that Francis hasn't blocked communion to people who claim to be Catholic yet also do incredibly evil things like Joe Biden Gavin Newsom like all these they're both very avid supporters of abortion for example which is very much against Catholic traditions and traditions of all Christians, but it's very much against Catholicism. Yet they refuse to block them. Only recently, one, um, I believe it was a bishop. I want to say he spoke out against Joe Biden and said that any bishop who gives Joe Biden communion is participating in his hypocrisy. And I was like, finally, somebody speaks up about this because the Pope who's supposed to be the leader of the church, has been dead silent about it. And that is why I don't think I can convert. That's why I'm not, I'm not Catholic. This is why I am what I am. I am, I am who I am. <laughs> like, I have not felt that this is the time for me to convert. Maybe later on I will. Maybe as I continue through my journey that you guys will be also following and listening to. Maybe I will discern one day that Catholicism is right for me, but right now I really can't. For I mean, all for all the reasons I've stated to you before, and because Francis has not shown the bravery that need, should be shown by someone who is a leader of God's church in this time where Christianity and Christian values are under attack so violently by people. I cannot live with Francis's weak stance on abortion, transgenderism being exposed to children, and all of these other issues. I'm speaking about it more than he is. Again, random kid. This time I'm not in my basement. Actually, I'm in my room, which is a nice change of pace. I may just keep doing them from here. The sound is a little bit better. I mean, I don't know. You guys tell me how the sound is. It sounds better up here or in my basement. (laughs) Uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. I think the sound is better up here. But you guys, you guys can tell me. You guys can tell me. Anyway, if he can't be more vocal on the subject than I am, and I'm just, again the random high schooler doing this zero dollar budget podcast from my house and like begging Ben Shapiro on Twitter to notice me, while this guy has like the entire world watching his every move, and he's just like. Yup, uh, children are being murdered. That that that's cool. I'm gonna sit here and do nothing like that. I can't. I can't. I can't stand by that. And there's no Protestant leader for me to say. Oh, I can't stand by his thing either because I mean Protestants don't really have a leader, like one defined leader per se. And I just feel like again. If I'm being more of an activist on this issue than the leader of the supposed church is, then he can't be doing a good job as the church father. He's a man, and as the church father, he should be taking a more defensive, a more fatherly position on these issues and defending the unborn children and born children from all of the terrible things that they're being subjected to. That is the job of a true father, and that is what he should be doing. And until I see that from a leader, then I can't convert and leave what I've had and known all this time for a father who doesn't want to protect his children. And speaking of sucky fathers, that's what our next episode is on. Not technically, but I mean, kind of. Basically, it's about the importance of having a father in the home and how badly it can be for children when their father does indeed suck or just isn't there. It's going to be similar to the masculinity talk, but again, with a little more of a specific focus. And that's what I'm going to do for these next upcoming episodes. I'm going to be doing kind of more because this is the last of my general overview episodes where I talk about just one really umbrella topic super generally. Now we're going to start getting into more specific things and I'm hoping eventually to maybe as I get more, um, more, you know, more clout, more followers then maybe I can start to do maybe like, uh, I don't know, daily news. I mean, well, not daily news, weekly news, because as long as I have to deal with high school, I'm pretty sure I can't do this thing daily. But it would be great if I could, you know, eventually start doing maybe more frequent episodes, if I get more funding. You never know what will happen. Anyway. There's a lot to get into, so I will talk to you guys next time. Remember, you can you can now reach me on Twitter at WeNeedTLC or through email at WeNeedTLC at gmail.com. Please continue to support the Ben Shapiro Please Hire Me campaign. Hope you guys are all looking forward to our next TLC Tuesday. God bless, and I'll see you guys later.